Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, folks? It's a take-two trade edition of Hitting the High Notes, Jazz Talking as I, I am here. The voice coming through your earphones with a little bit of white noise in the background. It is a at who trust Superman. That's H U U T R A N Superman. Uh, you can also follow the podcast account at Jazz High Notes Number Two, at Jazz High Notes Number Two, on the X Twitter. Um, and not in studio today. Um, uh, he is in his own um, uh, man cave studio, uh, wearing his jazz beanie on the Zoom call. What is up, um, uh, uh, Bean Balls? Uh, Alma Bean Twenty Three. What's up, man? doing good i also loved that that was what my phone auto corrected to like never have used that term before ever in my life and i was like oh bean alma and it was like oh bean balls bean balls like <laughs> bean balls is the, uh i i didn't realize that it was not bean balls i just copied and pasted it. I, I saw bean balls and um, I, was like, I was like oh that's the, what a fun screen name i'm gonna have to share with hr yeah i was gonna say the the only the only like Fun nickname that I have is Mr. Beanie Baby. That's <laughs> that's a fun Beanie one. Baby. Um, uh, you know, speaking of Beanie Babies, you can make a lot of money selling Beanie Babies. You can make a lot of money selling Stanley Cups. And you can also make a lot of money um, betting online. With Bet Online, it's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds uh, of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade. I do love betting on Super Bowl. Um, or the big game. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get in on all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, thank you to Believe Network. Uh, I guess, you know what? That ad, I, I do want to ask you, Alma. Um, do you do any sports wagering um, on the side? Um, I don't, um, just because it wasn't legal in Florida and for the most part, it's not really legal here. Like you can do player bets, but not like game right, bets, right, which right. I think is weird. Yes. Um, but, um, I mean, I'll do like little bets with my buddies, like five, 10 bucks here and there. Um, I will say my favorite bet that I always hear every single year for the Super Bowl, though, is the over under for the national, national anthem. anthem. Yep. That's my know. favorite one. Uh, and say, do we do we know who's singing the national anthem this year yet? Uh, I'm sure we can look it up. Um, I was gonna say because uh, yeah, about ten years ago, like I, I don't do a lot of sports betting, um, and it was even harder like ten years. Like you would have to do these like offshore sites and everything. Um, but yeah, that, that was like when when I started doing uh, Super Bowl betting because like it's only one game, right? And you know, there's mm-hmm. the over under, there's the the, the over under for scores, you know, who wins and everything. Um, but the man, the, the Super Bowl betting, yeah, like um, I, you talked about, there's a lot of like fun prop bets. Um, you know, like uh, yeah, as you said, the national anthem. Um, usually there's like a oh you know, hey, there's gonna be celebrities in there. How many times do we see so and so? And this year's, <laughs> you know, obviously. How many Swift. times you're gonna see Taylor Swift? Yeah. yeah. So like over under like six and a half times on screen Taylor Swift. I I don't know. I bet I can look that look that lineup actually. Um, color of the Gatorade that gets dumped on the coaches at the end. Um, and so, yeah, so, um, and we adopted that to, like, when I used to, you know, obviously I work in the media now, I haven't gone to a Super Bowl party, but, um, I went to a Super Bowl party where we threw all the prop bets up on, like, uh, you know, a big, big, sh- like, poster boards on the wall, 
and everybody would just go up, you know, throw a dollar in the jar for every time they made a bet, and they would, you know, color it blue, right? You know, you write it on there, and every time, it, you know, who scored the first touchdown, yada, 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 first commercial, you know, those, those were all fun little prop bets, so, you know, you know, one day maybe I, don't, I won't work in media and I'll be able to have another Super Bowl party, but, uh, but yes, the, the, the over-under national anthem bet was something I've been doing for like 10 years, and so I'm, uh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I was an early adopter of that. And now I remember last year it was over by like a decent amount. I, I remember. I think that much. I think over under. Uh, if you get early, I think over hits way more than under does. Um, well, um, so when I went ahead and looked up who's singing the national anthem this year, uh, it's Reba, Ma- Reba McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And um, what's funny though is that it doesn't mention the over under. I simply just asked who is singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. And it says, the queen of country is also the queen of speedy national anthem singing. Mm. Reba McIntyre was chosen to sing the Star Spangled Banner at Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. And based on her past business-like renditions, the under is definitely in play. In fact, it might be the only play. And that's coming from the Chicago Tribune. One so, minute, 30. It looks like I'm a, uh, this article was uh, updated today, so... But you know, it doesn't mean anything. But one minute thirty and a half seconds. So, and the, so now I just need to figure out the under what is, her average. The under is favored. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's you know like like I I've done that study before too, or like like I've I've you know watched other people like like Kelly Clark, Kelly Clarkson was doing it one time, and I took her average of of uh, of national anthems. Um, I think she went over so. I'm still betting the over. That's just who I am. I'm I'm an over better on the national anthem. So, uh, well, uh, I I don't know. I'm personally I I don't listen to country, so I don't really know much <laughs> about Reba McIntyre. I just know about her her uh, sitcom that she used to have. That's about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the odds are twelve to one that the biggest pop star there will be shown holding and eating a hot dog. So twelve to one odds. If you see her with a hot dog, a hot dog of all yes. things. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't take that one. Um, you think Allegiant Stadium is selling hot dogs at the Super Bowl? There's uh, wow. Let's see. This article says that there are eighty nine Swift related pro- eighty nine Swift bets. My God. Uh, oh, because it's playing Amish in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, that makes sense. A thirteen would work too, but okay. Um, let's see. This is oh bet online. <laughs> you can do bet online. Uh, wow, three to one that pre- uh, former President Donald Trump will mention the singer on Truth Social on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, bet US gives us ten to one odd that Swift endorses Biden after the game. Okay, well these are political. Um, Why yeah. are we getting into politics? I I, I want to watch football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm just reading these ones in order that I'm I'm just going through the article so. Um, anyway, yeah, so um, um, if you can make some play, player bets, Super Bowl's are kind of a fun day, because a lot of times, I mean, the Super Bowl's one of the biggest um, shows in the nation, uh, in the world, and uh, a lot of people aren't, like, huge football fans, so these are ways to get everybody kind of um, into it, so. See, I'm uh, just looking forward to what movie trailers we're going to be seeing. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. I, I want to uh, see some Deadpool 3, Deadpool maybe 3 some Sonic like, the Hedgehog uh, 3. So, um, some Dune two. Uh, I want to see if there's a trailer for Wicked. Like, Ooh, Wicked. That's, 
So mm-hmm. uh, I want to see Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, Super Bowl's coming up this Sunday. Um, but what's coming up this Thursday? Um, the NBA trade deadline is, you know, looming upon us where we are recording Monday night, 11.30 p.m., a little bit different than our usual schedule, but we're, you know, three-ish days away uh, from the trade deadline. More rumors have been sprouting. This is actually our take two of the podcast. We did one last Wednesday. I don't know what happened. It um, uh, just didn't save to the memory card. Very weird. Doesn't really, I, doesn't really have, like, I hit record because the timer was going on the, on my pod recorder, so I, I don't know what happened to it, so. Anyway, it gives us a chance to, you know, think about the questions that we asked, we talked about, come with new questions, and, um, you know, talk about this. Uh, Jared wasn't here, but, you know, I will, you know, try to remember what he said on, on the last podcast and, and fill in the blanks here. So, um, the Jazz are probably sellers at the deadline. Do you agree, Alma? Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, the, the Jazz just came off a, a big win against uh, the Bucks at home. Um it showcased a lot of the talent the Jazz have. I mean, we're we're a couple of days away. The the Jazz are just right below five hundred, still in the, that you know in the playing spot, uh, a couple of games ahead of the Warriors, a game ahead of the Rockets, um, as of uh, as of last night, I should say Sunday night. So, but still a lot of pieces, stuff we talked about, and we're going to talk about um, players, and we're going to come up with situations where I'm basically gonna oversell and underbuy uh some players so like basically if i are undersell and overbuy maybe that's the <laughs> the better way i should say because um well, you know as i said on the last podcast we're I'm, I'm really testing the tolerance um mm-hmm. uh, of us as, as as the podcasters and our feelings toward trades because also oh, last year the at the trade deadline the jazz essentially uh traded away mike Conley, nah uh jared vanderbilt and uh, Malik Beasley, and got the 2027 top four protected pick from the Lakers. Um, I'm not missing anything else from that, I don't think so. Uh, Alma, uh, you know, we're here about a year later. Um, how do you feel about that trade in retrospect? retrospect? I mean, it doesn't really do anything a year later. I mean... It still kind of sucks that Mike Conley was a part of that trade. Uh, I was a huge fan of him. Got to meet him a handful of times. Great person. Wonderful family. Um, So just seeing him go, I think I was more heartbroken about that. Um, As far as what was brought in in the process, like, okay, you got a top four protected first round pick in 2027 from the Lakers, which with how they play, who knows if that's going to be a super valuable pick. I mean, top four, as long as they're not the worst team in the league, you'll be fine. Um, But then you got Russell Westbrook, who was then bought out like 10 days later, I think. So like it doesn't really do much for the organization, especially like a year out. Um, I think you'll kind of have more of an idea of how things go, probably end of next year, beginning of 2026, just so then you, you know, can have an idea of where it's going to be placed. But, I mean, it still kind of sucks that you have Mike Conley gone because he was such a big part 
uh, veteran leadership for Utah, which, to be honest, now they barely even have any. If you want to go ahead and have Kelly Olynyk in there as veteran presence, but outside of that, like, who else do you have that's going to go ahead and kind of bring that locker room together the way that Mike Conley did? And then being the facilitator he was, that's a big thing that Utah doesn't have now. And they're slowly starting to get into that pace with Colin Sexton finally learning how to facilitate, Chris Dunn finally getting some minutes, and Jordan Clarkson now actually looking to make smart passes rather than bailout passes. Um but overall, I mean, can't really weigh too much on that specific trade right now. All right, let me let me, let me ask this in a different way then. Um, would you rather the Jazz have not made that trade? Would they? Would you rather the Jazz have kept those four players and not made the trade for um, the, the the first round pick? Um, I probably would still do it. I, w- I personally would like another way to not have Mike Conley involved, but I know that he was a big piece in order to make sure that that trade did happen, especially with D'Angelo Russell being involved in that trade and Russell Westbrook. It was just a lot of large contracts that needed to be moved, but it never seemed like Malik Beasley was going to stick around, uh, even though he was a fun guy to go ahead and watch, especially... Uh, every time he made a three right on the Jumbotron, you'd have wiggle alert. Um, or uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, it seemed a, like they would a, give him... I believe that's a shimmy. Is it, is it a wiggle or is it a shimmy? <laughs> they they called it the wiggle alert. And okay. just, all right, all right. <laughs> um, but then with uh, NAW, uh, it seemed like they were constantly trying to find a way to get him in the rotation. But the moment he got hot, it was almost like there was somebody pulling strings that was like, hey, he shouldn't play anymore. And <laughs> okay, this so, never happened. Uh, mean, and then Jared Vanderbilt, it seemed like he was trying to do what Kelly Olynyk currently does, but just not consistent enough and to the point to where he was not conducive to what Utah was trying to do. He was constantly taking minutes mm-hmm. from Walker Kessler. It seemed like he just wasn't working well with Lowry Markinen. Um Then you had to go ahead and find time for Rudy Gay, which, why? <laughs> um, um, okay, so but it just seemed like there was just a lot of pieces that didn't fit together. So I probably would still make that trade, okay. but if there's a way, I would like to take Conley out of it. But, no, I mean, I mean. Eh. That's a. That's it had to happen. No, no longer here or there. That's a, it was either it's either like I'm gonna make that trade or might not make the trade is the question, right? And so, so yeah, so so for you, your tolerance for that trade, you know, it wasn't ideal, but you still rather have that first round pick. You know, it's, it's a better asset mm-hmm. for the Jazz than those four players combined. Um, and last yeah. last off last uh, trade deadline, I think a lot of Jazz fans. If I if I had go back in a year, and. You know, if it was the Monday before the trade deadline, I say this is what's going to happen for, for um, uh, j- the Jazz. Uh, I think a lot of Jazz fans would have hated it. Oh, absolutely, they right. would have been on the verge right. of rioting. And 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 maybe like <laughs> you, I think maybe like you, after it happened, and here we are a year later. I think there are probably a lot of fans who would still say, "Okay, cool." Like if that's what we're going to get for those four players, they're, you know, maybe not happy about, it, but they're okay with it. Like they're they're, they're tolerant of it. So. 
Um, yeah, because I mean, I, I was in the stands when the trade happened, when they were facing the Minnesota Timberwolves, right. and you literally just saw the players crossing the court saying their goodbyes to everyone. And it, <laughs> it was just such a confusing moment because, like, you didn't know if it was a real report because, like, there were rumored reports mm-hmm. that came out maybe like 10 minutes before Woj went ahead and confirmed it. But, like, it was just. Yeah, weird. But again, I would much rather have the trade given all of the pieces that have moved. Right, because um, again, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, you would still have Mike Conley on the team this year. Uh, you would have to pay Nah. You know, I mean, he got a two month, two year, nine million dollar contract from the Timberwolves. Um, you know, Vanderbilt will still be here, and you know, Malik Beasley probably would have moved on as a a free agent. So, um, the 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 first round draft pick asset just seems to be more. Uh, you know, uh, more what you wanted anyway. So I know a lot of Jazz fans wanted two picks, and they're very mad they didn't get more. They're very mad they gave up nah. But you know, if your if your choice was the draft pick or those four or, or those four players, I think a lot of Jazz fans are fine with the asset. So that and being plus said, you already have like a a majority of Minnesota's draft assets anyway. Right, right, so it's right. not like you could really get much more from them. And I think I think the Lakers. I think what, are you putting in twenty twenty nine? Also, yeah, I, I think I think, I think most fans wanted. Since they were giving up Vanderbilt and Beasley and Conley, they thought they were going to get two draft picks from the Lakers. But um, again, but here have Russell Westbrook. Yeah, like, yeah, they, <laughs> that, exactly. They thought taking on Westbrook's contract plus giving up players constituted as at least two draft picks. And you know, maybe the right, maybe the wrong. I mean, look, I, I, I do think that not getting a second draft pick sucks, but that was the price that you get. And we do this, we do this all the time. Like, oh, the Jazz. You know, you know, on this podcast, I'll ask, okay, you know, should we trade this for this? And you know, sometimes like, oh, well, we should get at least this. And I'm like, I get it, but sometimes that doesn't happen. So this is why I'm, I'm going to lowball some of these offers here. Um, it's going to sound ridiculous, but that happens sometimes, and so that's why <laughs> that's why we're doing this. So um, first player on the docket, we're going to talk about Kelly Olynyk. Uh, what what is your confidence rate that he's going to get traded uh, by Thursday? Um, so it just kind of depends because I, I think that if anything, he's going to get shipped off to an East Eastern conference team because that just seems to be more of the buzz. Like 90, 90%, 95% like it, or how confident you are that he's going to be off the jazz um, by Thursday. To be honest, I, I think it's lower than that. I think okay. it's closer to like 70, 75%. Is there somebody, just because on, the, is there somebody on the, the jazz that. Um, you think has a higher percentage? Of, like, do you have higher confidence will be traded by the trade deadline? Um, so, given the report that was put out today with uh, Tony Jones, I okay. think that Jordan Clarkson is pretty much okay. a done deal. Let, let, let's do Jordan first. Let's do Jordan. So, Jordan, you're you're, you're more like ninety percent Jordan, ninety ninety five percent. Is that ball? Honestly, probably more ninety five percent given the report today. Okay. And uh, you know what? Um, you know, I haven't really said it, but thank you. That'd be great. Please. Fire JC to another team. I'm I'm I, I'm done. I've been done for, I've been well. I've been to, I've been done for three years. Um, oh yeah, no. I I think that you are probably one of the most vocal people <laughs> about having him. Maybe Logan a little bit more, but like I don't, I don't think Logan from, writes, like I don't think in, Logan in person as much. Yeah, like in person, people I know and have had conversations with in person. I think that you are probably the most vocal person <laughs> yes. about being done with um, Jordan Clarkson. And and this year is just really the, the nail of the coffin. It's just, it's just one of the things that like, look, I, I enjoyed Jordan Clarkson. You know, I, I love the press conferences when he's high. 
Um, you know, he seems like a, a fun personality. Um, he's, he's given some good years to the Jazz. I thank him for that service. Um, but, you know, number one, personally, I, I would just would love not to have to see him on the, on the team anymore. Um, his style of play, just didn't like it. Uh, number two, he his you know we talked about this his his twenty five million dollars salary is such a huge asset, um, and it's something that you don't have next year. Um, so all good times aside, you know this is one of those like I'm I'm you know if all we, if all the Jazz got was a second round pick for Jordan Clarkson, I would be very happy with that. Um, uh, so now I'm gonna ask you, Alma, uh, again, you know some th- these things happen. Uh, the Jazz. It, basically, if you're giving Jordan Clarkson for just a second-round pick, you're saying addition by subtraction. Are you happy with that deal? Uh, I mean, it depends on location. Like, if it's early second round, I think I would be well, okay that, with okay. it. Okay, but so the only time that like you don't, the only time that you really know if it's early or late second round is if it's 2024, which uh, a draft that you don't like anyway. Exactly. So, would you rather be a 2025? So if it's 2025 second round pick, further or, down the line, yeah. If it's further down the line, then, like, I want a first. Okay. Um, but, I mean, based off of what New York has, because right. I decided at, with all right. the rumors, I need to look up what they got. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks have four first-round picks mm-hmm. this year. Uh, granted, three of them are protected, so it just really depends on where they all lie because mm-hmm. they're coming from Dallas, Detroit, and, and Washington. And, honestly, the Detroit and Washington ones are probably – gonna stay with Detroit and Washington because Detroit's right. uh top eighteen protected, Washington's top twelve mm-hmm. protected. Um but even still like Dallas, it's top ten. So mm-hmm. I don't expect that one I expect that one to go to New York. Right. So they'll have two first round picks. I would like one of those. Uh but after that, I mean they have uh two twenty twenty five first round picks and then it's pretty much just one uh every year from there. Right. Uh, so really, if if I can go ahead and get maybe a twenty twenty five pick, so then there's a little more control for twenty twenty five. Maybe if there's a expiring contract next year or going into next year, you can mm-hmm. go ahead and kind of use those picks to go ahead and entice some people, uh, since that would give Utah four right. if right. that were to happen. Yes. Um. But I I would want a future pick rather than like this upcoming like the, year like the Detroit one because like the Dallas one will probably be this 2024 draft uh Dallas and Washington mm-hmm. has a chance to be in 25 26 but they could also not convey so um, exactly so if, if I'm gonna go ahead and give up Jordan Clarkson to the Knicks I would want maybe like a 2025 first round pick okay. or maybe even 2026 just because Utah only has one pick that year as well mm-hmm. So then you go ahead and have some leverage going each and every year rather than just the odd mm-hmm. years. Okay, but the question now, now again, if all if the trade deadline comes and goes and you had your choice between Jordan Clarkson staying on this team or a second-round pick, which one do you choose? Um, I probably would keep him okay. if it's – because again, it just depends on where that second round pick is. If it's this year, then I would be a little more considerate. But just face value, I'd probably okay. keep him around. Just because you've seen somewhat minimal upward trend of his game changing. Again, I, I uh, like you know, that minimal part. I'm I'm at the point of addition by subtraction. More minutes for Keontae. More minutes for Colin Sexton. Um, 
you know, again, Jordan's Jordan's game's always been up and down roller coaster. You know, mm-hmm. we say you gotta let Jordan be Jordan. There's no way to you gotta let JC be JC. There's no way to, you know, know when the good games are gonna be there and when the bad games are gonna be there. Um, and I just don't think for this Jazz team you need that. So, uh, so yeah. So I, my tolerance level for for Jordan Clarkson on this team, just give me anything, and I and I'm happy. So if he's still on the team by after Thursday. Maybe the podcast. Gonna, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm going to see you in the office and you're going to be so grumpy. Like, I don't even think I'm going to be able yeah, to exactly. mention like, that like, I probably won't, walking by you. I probably, won't, I probably won't even put them, uh, the jazz in, you know, this jazz, this this podcast will become strictly WWE. So, okay. You'll you'll go ahead and re- remove it from the rundown. Yeah, Because exactly. yeah, exactly. they play Thursday. You'll be like, yeah, no, it no, doesn't we're, even we're matter. <laughs> um, okay. So Jordan Clarkson, uh, is Kelly Clarkson your second highest confident player that's going to be moved at the deadline? I mean, if Kelly Clarkson was on the team, oh. I would have a lot of questions. But uh, Kelly Olynyk, yes, um, Kelly Olynyk, and, and, and with a moment like this, um, <laughs> in this time of time of day, time of year, Kelly Olynyk. Um, uh, I said, what, what would you say, seventy seventy five percent, right? Yeah, um, seventy seventy five. I think is around the number the, that I the can rumors, be confident with. The rumors again are you know late first round pick, or or mm-hmm. first round pick in a different year again. So let's 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 give the Jordan Clarkson treatment. Second round pick for Kelly Olenek, would you rather keep him or get rid of him? I think for Olenek, I think I would be a little more towards the compensation since it is an expiring contract for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is a little more on the older side. He is a bench player, so you have to go ahead and consider that. Granted, Clarkson is a bench player as well, but he has proven that he can be inserted in the starting unit. Uh, on a consistent basis where Olenek is a little more streaky when he comes to the starting unit than Clarkson is, in my opinion. Um, so I think I would be more in favor of getting a pick just because he is an expiring asset. Okay, and, and that's like, he's expiring. That th- Those are all good points. Uh, yeah, so again, it's like, like from all the stuff we've heard, it's likely the Jazz would get some sort of first-round pick. But, you know, if it's a second... Two seconds, um, uh, that might be okay for Kelly Olynyk for me. Um, again, just this, there's the positive of opening up Taylor Hendricks minutes. Um, I think there's a ch- there's a fairly good chance that if Kelly Olynyk uh, was here in the off season, he would not resign with the Jazz, or the Jazz would not sign him because you know just doesn't work. Uh, you know, I, I think Olynyk's a pretty good player. Um, and you know, know, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, I, I don't think it's, you know, the, the ironic thing is that the trade for, for Boyan a couple of years ago, uh, people thought that, you know, it, in a roundabout way, it might be that first-round pick that everybody thought that Boyan was going to go for. So um, there it is, right? So so we'll see. Um, uh, there, I mean, there, there are some just like, a lot of teams that want Kelly Olenek can't get Kelly Olenek. The, the money just doesn't work. Uh, roster spots. Uh, some some Celtics people were <laughs> put out a trade today that you know they were going to give away the 2024 first round pick, which is going to be you know like dead last um, to the Jazz, and like four contracts that the Jazz would have to like basically cut. But the Jazz would have to cut four players first to take those players in. Um, so it, it's probably not going to be Boston. Boston just doesn't have the right room to to make it happen. So. Um, anyway, uh, you know, but, uh, anyway, who, who do you think, who do you, who do you think is most likely to make a play for Kelly Olenek? Um, so 
To be honest, I think in order for Olenek to be moved, we have to have an answer for Clarkson because Olenek has been heavily rumored with the Knicks. But also, um, I've been hearing a lot about Miami being Miami, a team yeah. that wants to go ahead and bring in Olenek and bring him back. Looking right? at, Miami, I mean, shoot for both of them, for both of them, <laughs> uh, for Boston and Miami. They're just like, right. oh, we had a good thing going. Yep. Um, but with Miami, I think it's just interesting because they lack a lot of draft compensation mm-hmm. um, because they're not going to be able to trade uh, a first round pick until 2029. And they don't have any uh, second round picks um, until yeah. 2026, but that's coming in from the Lakers. But outside of that, they don't have it. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, and so so like those are the two players I think are most likely to be moved uh, from the mm-hmm. Jazz, uh, and I guess THT. But I think I think everybody's, I think if they everybody got any... expects him to be moved, but nobody has a clue where right. or for what and... because it's it's just been so skewed right. on what his value is. Granted, with his age and how long he's been in the NBA, what teams he's been on, I think that does add a decent amount of value to yeah. him whether he's on the court or not look if they got but, more than if they got one two if they got any draft compensation for tht call it a win you know just call be honest it a win. like expiring contract two second round picks yeah two second round picks expiring expiring contract for a guy that's not not getting playing time right now um yeah uh would you want to keep tht if jordan carson got traded Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a fan of yeah. how he plays. So neither am I. But um, uh, I, I think um, it, but he'd be he'd be great for a team that needs a back um, a scorer off off yeah. the bench. Yes. I, so, I think that he'd be great for um, really any team. Because if the Jazz traded both Jordan Clarkson and THT and didn't bring another guard back, you know, then all of a sudden your guard rotation is done. Uh, Keontae George and Colin Sexton. So and uh, you know, so let's you know bring us so Colin Sexton's uh, name. Has been pump, pumping, uh, popping, pumping, popping up a, a lot more uh, in the last few days. And last time Logan was on, he asked, and I, I thought it was, you know, we've been talking about Colin Sexton for about a month now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, since December, like you know, you you brought up his numbers, um, well, to me uh, in the office one day about his assist rate and three point percentage just has been up since December. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, Colin Sexton had a thirteen assist, you know, a career high assist game. Um, Oh, just a few week, a few weeks, a uh, couple weeks ago. Excuse me, against the Hornets. Um, I, you know, I said I liked his, you know, how his game has evolved in just the the short season. Um, but it seems to be a lot of people who are very open. I'm in the, I, th- I feel like I'm in the minority thinking that he's not going to get traded. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are very okay with him being traded. So you know, obviously the Jazz are going to sell high. Uh, in our last lost episode that we did last week, um, that didn't recorded, you and Jared. I said hey, two first round picks, and you guys were like, "Oh yeah, that's, that would be plenty for Colin Sexton." Um, I was a little shocked by that. So, is, is that still your tolerance level? Like, if you got two first round picks, you'd be you would be happy. Is that still correct? Um, yeah, okay. for the most part, I I think that. Why is that? Well, because again, you're still kind of seeing little things that. Granted, no player is going to come in perfect, but. When you're watching him play, he's still very sporadic. His energy is usually out of control, which for some people that can go ahead and be just the young bull mentality. And that's why people love him so much. But 
a lot of the times that's what's going to cause his turnovers. It's getting him unnecessary fouls and shoot, even for the uh, Milwaukee game. That's what went ahead and got him a technical because he was really feeling himself, decided to go ahead and stare down Giannis and Malik Beasley coming cross court. Like it's, it's something that you would have to go ahead and take on. Um, he has definitely exceeded expectations since he's gotten here. Uh, and then occasionally when he does get into that high energy uh, state, uh, he's taking heavy contact and you'll notice that he'll go ahead and wince quite often uh, when he does take those high contact uh, layups and dunks and things of that nature. Uh, and given his injury history, especially with his hamstrings, um, I don't know if that's something that I would want to encourage too often, uh, especially if I'm going to be putting in as much money as Utah is now, because I believe his contract's like $17, $18 million a year. Yeah. Uh, and I oh, think yeah. it like goes up like $2 million every year or something in that ballpark. I mean, so it probably goes I don't, up, I don't know if that's... Yeah, it probably goes up like according to like, the salary cap, so not, not very like a percentage of the salary cap, right? So yeah, like 1%, I, I think it's... Right? Yeah, it's some sort of percentage, but like to make it easier, it's it's like in the right one, one and a half, two million dollar ball. But like like like, like Colin Sexton is still like only like fifteen or seventeen percent of the salary gap. I guess is uh, mm-hmm. where I'm getting at. Um, I, I guess I'm just surprised because I you know, I thought, you know, beginning of the year I thought maybe two first round picks would be would be enough, but like I thought he I thought I think he's played well enough, and the I, I I think he can be a pretty good third piece to a championship team. Um, you know, you put him on the Lakers, we would be great. Put him on, um, gosh, who else he rumored to? Um, there, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are in the playoff hunt. If you put Colin Sexton there with uh, when you have two other, you know, ones, I mean, that'd be that'd be a great team, I think. Um, I also saw that the Knicks are uh, a last minute target destination. <laughs> so instead of Jordan Clarkson, they would get Colin Sexton. Um, Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> um, you would be furious. Mm, uh, well, look, look, like maybe, maybe I'm the wrong here. It depends on what the compensation is. I think my compensation, you know, I, I you know, if you know, I, I don't know where your thoughts about Larry Market. Like, you know, we talked about it. I've moved Larry into the, I guess, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard tier, which is below that first tier. You know, obviously the the Giannis Jokic tier, um, but it's slightly higher than the Sabonis, Julius Randle tier, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Larry, you know, Larry, I don't think can do what, you know, he needs the Paul George. He needs the quite, he needs, he needs that second, uh, you know, one B. Um, I don't think call, I, I think Colin Sexton's in the Jamal Murray tier, I guess. I think okay. he, yeah, like, like, I don't, a solid I, number two. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> a solid number two if you have a, you know, a Jokic, I guess. Um, and I, I don't know if Larry's that. But I mean, Larry plus something plus Colin Sexton, I think would be interesting. Um, you know, two first round picks, I, I guess that's pretty good. I, I think if push came to shove, um, I guess I'd be happy with that. Um, I, don't I know. think you can convince some teams to go ahead and throw in a third first round like or a, a maybe third, like a young would, player or a something. A third, I would feel better. Think... A second, I don't know. I, I, I think I would feel a little icky about it, but. Yeah, like I'm pushing because especially with how he's especially with how he's played over the last month, and that has been consistent. I think he's really only had like one bad game since the new calendar year. Um, Um, 
he's yeah. been able to go ahead and show that he's back, he's healthy, he has the same tenacity, but you can probably go ahead and convince a team to go ahead and throw in that first yeah. round pick because you can go ahead yeah. and show that. I mean, this is about tolerance. This is about my tolerance. Like, like I don't think I, I you know, the more I, think, I, I don't think I'd be happy with just two first round picks. Um, you know, you get a third in there, then I, you know, then my tolerance, you know, obviously eases up. But you know, at two, which is what you and uh, Jared were okay with, and pro- and probably mm-hmm. Logan. Um, you know, I hate speaking for Logan because he was on the podcast last time, but uh, he did he did kind of bring it up in the group chat. Um, I just yeah, like look, you know, you because know, I I want to make sure if we're selling Colin Sexton, we're still. Do you think this is Colin Sexton's ceiling, or do you think he can? Does he have another level? I personally think it's his ceiling. Okay. Just so, so, being completely and, honest, and this is probably why you're you're okay with. Like, I think, I think he can show that he can be this consistent. Um, yeah, because we we've seen the scoring uh, two different teams. Uh, we saw a little bit last year. Like we know he can kind of mm-hmm. do this and score, and it, it's more that the other stuff that he's doing, um, like his assisting and like just seeing the court, his vision. Um, it's all that stuff that I I've noticed this year. I'm like, okay, this is. You know, beginning of the year, I was like, "Wow, this is really rough." You know, he's just he's just driving to the basket, doesn't always have a plan. But now I feel like he's um, uh, becoming a really good combo guard, and the you know m- maybe not a point guard, but he's a very decent shooting guard. You know, he's a little on the short side, um, so there's a limitations there. But yeah, I think he could be Jamal Murray. Um, you know, I- I'm not a huge fan of Jamal Murray, but I think he'd be in that tier. And if you if you, if you had two guys, if you, if you had two Larry Markinens. I'd be very okay having a call Sexton as as that third banana, but my thing is like I I don't want it to be a ceiling. I mm-hmm. just based off of the amount of basketball I've watched, I just personally okay. think and that that's and that's probably where our where we're at. That's probably where our tolerance is. That like I think he can be that consistent um, and a little bit better. Uh, like I, I wouldn't take two first round picks for Jamal Murray, so that's probably why I won't deal for Colin Sexton. The okay. third one you can convince me and. Um, you know that, that that's that's probably where like I, I feel like you sell high on Colin Sexton right now, and mm-hmm. two just doesn't seem high enough for me. So, um, so that's where I'm at with with uh, with Colin Sexton. Let's talk about um, the other guard that doesn't seem to be getting talked about enough. I think now the name that um, people have not been talking about, um, a, a lot of people have been talking about at least, and I think maybe we should be talking about a little more is Chris Dunn. And that sounds kind of nuts because Chris Dunn, has, you know, since he's been in the starting lineup, has played really well. Um, you know, you're nodding, so you agree. <laughs> uh, but Chris, oh, Dunn, yeah, yeah, Chris Dunn's been playing really well. Um, but the fact of the matter is that number one, I, I do not believe the Jazz have the bird rights for Chris Dunn. Uh, Chris Dunn mm-hmm. signed a non guaranteed contract, so this is Chris Dunn's last year on the team. Um, if the Jazz were to retain him, the Jazz are going to have to pay him. Um, and um, uh, you know, I think you and I were talking about like how much do you think Chris Dunn's value is going to be in the off season? Like contract wise, I think he's going to be about the mid level exception, especially yeah, with I what he's so. been able to prove with Utah. Mm-hmm. So what, seven, eight million somewhere yes. around there? Yeah. So no, yeah, I think so. I think you're you're, you're probably that, that's where that's where I have it. So. Um, so that's the thing is that like if if you want to if if you're a Jazz fan you want to keep Chris Dunn. Um, you're gonna have to offer him a, a good contract. Like everybody loves him now because you know he's on a non you know he's he's kind of on a prove it deal, and he has, um, he's expiring. You would have to up his contract about four times. Um, 
is that in line with what the future of the Jazz is? Uh, you know, is Chris Dunn somebody that you want to have here, you know, the next three or four years um, for a Jazz team that may or may not be be, be ready to compete? Uh, Chris Dunn can help a lot of, you know, I'm sure the Milwaukee, like the Milwaukee Bucks should be knocking on the door right now <laughs> of the Jazz because Chris Dunn could help a lot, could help a lot of problems in that backcourt for, uh, for the Bucks defensively, right? Like the, the, go ahead. So like Milwaukee needs that kind of guard. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. with the guard play that they have right now, where's the defense? Very yeah, exactly. lacking. Right. Granted you can get some, but yeah. not going to be there every night, but also what is Milwaukee going to offer? They, they have two picks, like mm-hmm. not two first round picks. They have two picks. Mm-hmm. From now until 2030, mm-hmm. who picks? They have a second-round pick for this upcoming draft yeah. from Portland with zero protections. Right. And then they have their own second-round pick in 2027. Mm-hmm. So do you think that you would want just that for Chris Dunn? Granted, contract-wise, it fits. Probably be fine with it. Mm-hmm. But if that's an asset that Milwaukee needs you're going to be asking for a little bit in return. Like if I'm doing you a favor, what are you doing for us? Right. A second round pick, a guy that we're probably never going to have on this our is, roster. But this is sort of the, turned over. this is sort of the same, you know, you made the, you made the comparison to Kelly Olenek expiring contract, older player, um, you know, still very useful. And you were okay with just a second round pick for Kelly Olenek. Um, so what changes with Chris Dunn and why you're not, why are you not okay with that instead? Chris Dunn is in his thirties. He's twenty nine, though. Is he twenty nine? Let me look it up. He's been in the league for a minute. If he is, then maybe maybe I am a little. Chris more Dunn was born in nineteen ninety four, so twenty nine years old. Uh, he turned twenty nine this year. So, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I am a little more right lenient because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is like, am I? I was thinking he was a little bit younger. Right. And I was like, okay, you can you can go ahead and give him a right. that mid level exception, and then be yeah. fine. And, and maybe this is try and get a little bit more. This is why we, you know, you and I are having the this is why you we're having the conversation on the podcast because I think there's a lot of people who think, oh, because he was out of the league for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think, out of sight, out of mind, right? And so people are like, oh, they probably think he's 25, 26, 27. Um, he's going to be thirty next year. He, he's a he's a he's the guard. He has severe offensive limitations. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a, he's a, he's a hell of a defensive point guard, and that's very useful. Yep. Love um, it. And he's an expiring contract. But that's the thing. he's an expiring mm-hmm. contract. You know, we gave this. This is sort of the same um, logic that we use with Kelly Olynyk. Like he's probably not going to, even if he does resign for the Jazz, like you don't have to pay him more. Um, and and that 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 should factor into. It. Like, look, is eight million dollars going to be a lot for the Jazz on the payroll next year? Probably not. In the next few years, probably not. Um, but even Tony Jones went ahead and said that Utah's expectation going into this offseason is that financial flexibility. Mm-hmm. So they want to go ahead and pretty much exercise every right. cheap contract they can get. And paying Chris Dunn that mid-level yeah. exception is probably going to be one of their last things that they do if that's an option. Yes. And so, again, this is sort of a can you get something for Chris Dunn at all? Like, like shouldn't Chris Dunn be – Chris Dunn, look, I get it. He's, he's played really well. Um, if the Jazz trade Chris Dunn, I believe their playing chances go way down. Um, but 
if you're looking to get something like you know this is also you know what's more important trying to get into the play in this year or trying to get extra assets to help the f- team in the future to get other trades um you know the the you know you know me I, I you know you probably don't know but you know Logan and Jared have heard me talk I don't care that much about second round picks but if it comes to second round picks or nothing at all I'd rather have the second round picks those can be can be kind I'm of in useful. that same boat too so um, so yeah, Chris Lynn, I think needs to be talked about a little more coming up. Um, and a lot of jazz fans will probably hate that because it, it wouldn't, I, I, I agree. I do think it would make the jazz a worse team this year, but, and I think by a large margin right. too, like very yeah. undervalued fans are finally starting to see mm-hmm. what some other fans definitely saw when he was brought onto this team last right. year, mm-hmm. but like a, a guard that the fact that he's not getting as many minutes as he should, in my opinion. Like, right. it's... The Jordan Carson effect. Um, uh, there's no reason Jordan Carson should be playing the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, especially when he comes in so early in the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, Chris Dunn... You know, so Chris Dunn... Again, Chris Dunn... You know, there's a chance. And and the, the, the number of fans who are just super angry that Chris Dunn is in anybody's trade block... I think it's it's a little unfounded. Like again, if if you're willing to trade Kelly Olynyk, Chris Dunn should be in that same boat. So, um, okay, so Chris Dunn, we talked about Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olynyk, another name that's kind of pop, popping up, Simone Fontecchio. Uh, sort of the same boat. Jazz only have him on two year. They have, I believe, the Jazz will have early bird rights for Simone, so that gives them some, again. But if you want to bring Simone back next year, it's probably going to cost you more than the two two and a half million dollars that he that Simone is making this year. Um, I don't think by much. I I think where he is at, I don't think he's commanding a lot in the free agency market. Um, but I I think you would still have to like give him some sort of a yeah. It's race, it's probably like not four much. four mil. Yeah, four maybe. to five mil. Then then, then then I think that's fair. The biannual exception. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or four or five million, just right above the biannual, biannual. Um, but that's still, again, if the, you know, like you just talked about financial flexibility, it's a roster spot. Um, I can see it. I, mean, look, I, I, I this one's not as like Chris Dunn's a 50, 50 to come back next year. I think Kelly, Kelly Olenek would be less than that. Um, Simone Fontecchio, I think it would be a likely candidate to come back, you know, be a backup small forward on the team. Um, I, I think there's a very high chance for that one. Okay. And so, um, uh, you know, so in, in that case, what is your tolerance? Like, what is the, like, what is the least, like, what what's an offer that you, you would hear and you're like, oh, that's not very much, but I'm okay with it? I don't think you can trade Fontecchio on his own. I don't think he has that type of command. Okay, but but like, um, but like, but what what if it's so? If you're gonna go like? ahead and trade him mm-hmm. at all, you would have to go ahead and use him to go ahead and pull a young player. Like, let's say Jordan Clarkson to the Knicks, mm-hmm. and the Knicks want a little bit more. You would want to go ahead and throw Fontecchio into that mix, and then okay, maybe need to add a, a second round pick on top of it or a late first rounder. Uh, or even a first rounder with some sort of protection on it. Hmm. Um, I think that that would be sufficient. I mean, gosh, it, it, gosh it, yeah. Like if somebody was added on them and you got a first round pick, man, I'd be ecstatic. Like a first round pick. Oh for yeah, him. absolutely. But because um, it, I mean, he's shown that he's grown defensively. Uh, he's uh, last season 
a lot of people were trying to figure out why he's shooting so right. much this season. He's shooting a lot better. He's, so I, I think guess he's 41% from three. I, so I, like, that's a big part that you can go ahead and add to a team like New York. So, so I, just, I think that you just need some, to work that. Going through what you just said there, you said, Emma, you know, basically if you added him to Jordan Clarkson deal and New York added a second round pick, you'd be okay with that. So a second round pick for somebody from Tekyo, you'd probably be okay with. Is, yeah. is, is what I'm getting at. So whatever on top of the Jordan Clarkson and, and a little bit extra. So, okay. Preferably a protected first round. Yes. That I think I would be more comfortable, but like second round, I can't it, be mad. Yeah. I mean, this Especially is... Especially knowing he's an older yeah, 28 guy old. on yeah. a rookie contract. Right. So I don't even know if... It, I, I guess I guess technically there's a rookie. Because it was... You know, when I think rookie contract, I mean, I think of drafted rookie contract, right? Like he's... He was a free agent. But... Now, so... <laughs> I mean, free agent deal. It was his rookie season, two years. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess for me, rookie contract is there's more control over it. I guess. And so, like, yeah, because typically rookie deals have the, those team options. Yeah, team options, but... extensions. So that that's, I guess. What that's... But I mean, it's his rookie deal. Yeah, though. in my in my <laughs> in my head, that's why I delineate both between between the, like the two year and you know five million versus a rookie deal. But um, that's that's a too nerdy for this podcast. Um, but I know that him and his family have definitely like solidified right. things here. So I, I think that that will play a big part on him wanting yeah. to return. Uh, one name that I've been kind of um, uh, like, I don't think they get traded. I just I think it's really hard. But John Collins has been kind of coming up in a couple couple um, uh, trade rumors. Um, I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens I either. Don't but, see it. Um, like some fans can be mad about it, but right. like, yes, it's look. I, I don't think it's gonna here. happen, but you know, th- again, his name's in rumors. I feel like you know, journalistically, you know, we've talked about everybody else, but it's been in rumors. Let's talk about John Collins. Uh, you know, twenty-five million dollar contract for at least a couple more years. Um, you know, he's a starting center. He's shown he's shown flashes of what he did in Atlanta. Um, you know, he he's still he's still a great role man. Um, you know, catches some lobs. He, he posterized, uh, gosh, in December, he had that huge poster alley-oop. Um, you know, he, he can, he, he hasn't shown in the last couple of games, but he can hit the, hit, hit, hit a... And, a, like, his a, stats a are ball. quiet. Like, he yeah. he performs really well, in my opinion, especially based off of what you gave up for him. Like, yes, yeah. I'm perfectly fine. So, But, like, um, the, the fact that there are fans that are so irate to see him on the court, that I'm not quite as understanding because he's definitely better than some options that some other teams have. So, so with, with his contract, 25 million, you know, there are teams that are out there asking about him, right? Um, yeah. How as many, you should. How many second round picks would you be happy with? Like you'd have to take back, you know, let, let's say you get a second round pick, you get one or you, let's say you at least get two, one for taking back another big contract. And one for giving up calls. So at least two. Would three be enough? Would four be? Like, is this one of those five second-round picks? I would want minimum four. Four second-round picks. Okay, man, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I think fair. So three, is three pushing it? Three, you're just like, ah, oh, I was not. Three, I wouldn't consider. Four is like okay. my minimum. Three, three, you'd be unhappy. Four, you would consider. Four, sorry. I, I would do three second-round picks in a player with minimal contract. Okay. Um, then I would be accepting, but if I'm just doing straight picks, I need well, yeah, more. yeah. So, uh, expiring contract and three second round picks, you'd probably be okay with that, yes. Okay, and, and that's fair. And, and like, for basically, if we go back through the tree, it'd be Rudy Gay and a second round pick to get three second round picks and some 
financial flexibility. So, uh, which is which is an asset in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. So we we gone through. Well, you know what we 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 haven't talked about Larry yet. Um, Larry obviously is always going to be in a rumor. There's always going to be some big market team that's going to try to pry him from the Jazz for nothing. Um, what? How many first round picks would you be happy with? Um, if Lowry was not because look, if the, if the Jazz are not going to compete in the next couple of years, having Lowry on your team seems like malpractice. Um, Fair. so there, I mean, this is, there's a chance that you can trade him again, like you know, Paul George was traded, Kawhi Leonard was uh, you know, was traded. Um, I think um, he could be that level of player. How, how many? draft pick compensation, you know, and, and, and say maybe you get a a Bones Highland. Like, I know you you talked about liking Bones Highland. Uh, a Bones Highland type, you know, player, someone that's young or maybe a rookie that's, uh, gosh, uh, a Gigi Jackson, a, a Cam Whitmore. Um, so, someone that's young, uh, you know, on the rookie deal. Uh, you know, a Killian Hayes is not... Not a great example, but someone like that, like, mm. killing you, killing Hayes mm. rookie mm. year. So, um, how many draft picks with a young player would you like? With a young player, minimum four first. Four, okay, four, four, four is good. So, um, yeah, and I would probably want to talk in some swaps to see if you can go ahead and get those, just because of can what you, he's wow, been able to do and four, how he's. Can you even get four picks? I think is the max three. Can you trade four years out? I don't think you can trade four years out. It would have to be. Um, so it depends on what team. That's, that's also because true, right? Like the Thunder, right? Could you, have you'd have to, five, right? So yeah, they would. They would be able to go ahead and do yeah. it. It just depends on you would, uh, where the, the team. Would, yeah, the, yes, the, the team would need to have other teams for Trump picks as well. So mm-hmm. okay. So it, I would try and talk some swaps because then you would be able to open up the market a little bit more. But again, there has to be a young, promising player on a team-friendly deal for me to consider four as a minimum. Okay, how would you take uh, of all these? Anyway, there's going to be some other players that you need for salary. Uh, mm-hmm. Case and Wallace, Poku, and four of the Thunder first round picks. I like that actually. Okay. I I like Casey Wallace. He was funny enough when I did my uh, draft uh, analysis mm-hmm. uh, going into the draft. He was actually one of the people I really liked for Utah. Um, Poku, granted, he has injury concern. I think that he's someone that can go ahead and have a decent upside to him. Uh, granted, he would probably be more of a bench piece. Uh, and then knowing the draft picks that Oklahoma City has racked up over the years, um, you could probably get some really decent value out of those, whether you decide to go ahead and use those picks or if you decide to go ahead and ship them off elsewhere. Uh, just knowing that they came from Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and the teams that they went ahead and made their trades with, uh, those are probably going to be some pretty decent high picks, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, look, look, again, this is only if... Like the jazz, people are like very mad. The Jazz aren't picking a lane, and Lowry next year, turning twenty eight, I think, um, going to be commanding a huge extension for four years, uh, upwards of thirty five million a year. Um, 
if if you're planning on keeping Lowry, then then yeah, you you can sell for a little bit, but you eventually have to buy buy pieces. So let's let's mm-hmm. talk about the other side of the coin, right? Like, look, I don't think the Jazz are going to trade Lowry. Um, I don't think the Thunder would give up all those assets for Lowry, even though it would it would it would be a very good use of their assets, you would think. Um, oh yeah. But the Jazz should also like look if if they think Lowry is going to be on the same level as a uh, SGA. Uh, the Jazz, uh, I mean, like the, the Jazz front office think they, they they are like the Thunder. They have SGA, they have Lowry. They they think that he can be an MVP candidate in the in the next couple of years. Um, maybe they think Keontae George. I don't know. I don't know about Keontae George. I think Jared is slowly getting into that. Keontae George is might be the number two on the Jazz. I don't know how far you're along with that. I'm I'm pretty far away from that. Um, I I still need more. Um, I still need to see more. I mean, because who's the who's the number two on the the Thunder right now? The is it Chet? Is it Jalen? Jalen Williams? Um, I I think it's pretty close with Jalen and Chet. I'd probably give it to Jalen, okay, just because of experience. But um, I I think it's a very thin line. I mean, I mean, where where is is Jalen Williams better than Julius Randle, Demontis Sabonis? <laughs> He's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> same tier. I, Are they I, the same I tier? would take I would take Jalen Williams over those two, but it's other factors for that reason. Um, I I think his he age still has to work his way up to that tier. Yeah, he's, only yeah. 20, he's only twenty. Age, yeah, twenty one, twenty two. So he's he's in his second year in the league. Right, so, so I mean, yeah, I I would without a doubt take Jalen Williams. First, are they, are they the, Randall, are, but I he, would not put Jalen Williams in that same tier as not them quite yet. Okay, because but, but because probably. I would I would love what Sabonis does currently mm. over those two. And, and you know what? Fair. I mean, that, that's term, fair. I would take. Jaylen How about Williams. in two years? Do you think Jalen Williams surpasses what those two guys are doing right now? If he continues what he's doing right now, absolutely. Okay. All right. So, 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 so basically, the no Thunder, question. the Thunder have their one SGA, SGA. They have their two. He's not quite there yet, but they think that he's going to be there. Uh, and they have a, you know, they have another guy, Chet Holmgren, who might be even surpass Jalen Williams in in the next two or three years. So they might have, you know, just they did it through the draft and they they loaded and they got a young player. So um, the Jazz. If they, you know, you know, Lowry's twenty seven right now, I believe. Um, he'll he'll be twenty seven by uh, the end of the season, or at the end of the season, he'll be so, twenty seven. So yeah, so he's he's uh, the Jazz. You know, is Keontae George? Is he close to being like like? Can, can he get there next year? Do you think he can get to? You know, you you said you need to see more. So that's I I I, I need to see more, but. I, th- I think you can the... solidify yourself as a two when you are struggling to be yeah. your top option with the bench. Unit. So I think that's sort of the problem for the Jazz right now is that you know J- uh, Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks and sure let's put this little price in there uh, are so far <laughs> away from giving the because con- Jalen Williams and Chelsea Run, you have a lot of confidence that they're going to get to that the Mont- the Monte Suarez Julius Randle level. Oh yeah, uh, and if you believe, if without you believe, a question, if you believe Lowry could get that SGA level, but there's, you know, you have to get, you have to get somebody to that level of at least Sabonis and Randall, maybe even better than you know. I think Paul George, Kawhi Leonard is a good, a good comp. Like, you know, those two guys are no longer in the, 
you know, they, they were guys who were teetering. I think Kawhi Leonard was at the top, you know, seven, eight players in the NBA for a while. I think Paul George teetered uh, close to that Damian Lillard line. Like, Damian Lillard never could quite burst through that, that wall. I think Paul George was in that same area. But those two guys together, you know, are good enough. Um, the Jazz, you know, if you don't think Keontae and, and Taylor Hendricks, you know, you have to make a decision. Because if you don't think those guys are going to get there, then you have to go... You know, and you and you want to build around Lowry, you have to go make the, the move to get him. Um, so we asked this on the last episode. And, you know, like I said, okay, we said about five first round picks for Lowry's fair. Um, Mikel Bridges is rumored to be out there. Um, that he could be had. Um, you know, it said the Nets gave up five. Said no to five first round picks, but let's just say the Jazz offered five first round picks, and the the first round picks were better than what the Nets got in the other offer. Would you, you know? I guess I bring up Mikel Bridges because you have to pick a name that is not Luca. You have to pick a name that's not Giannis. Mm-hmm. You have to pick a name that hasn't broken through yet, but you think can break through. Um, and we talked about it. You and Jared were like, eh, Mikel Bridges, no. You know, don't don't think you, you don't think it's worth the risk to take Mikel Bridges. Uh, we talked about Trey Young. Is Trey Young? I, I think his name is a little high, but like, you know, is Trey Young? I I would do that. Trey Young for Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, look, the, no I'm, hesitation. We're talking about a, we're talking about a risk here. There's a risk. Trey Young, you know, he he's led that Hawks team to mediocrity for the last four four or five years. He's always going to be the guy. But that also, was, look what he's been surrounded with. John Collins. So, uh, <laughs> Quinn Snyder. Um, you know, I mean that that team that team is very interesting. You know, a lot of bigs. You know, uh, they they gave a lot of money to Capella, which was not smart in retrospect. Um, you know, they, they drafted a Kong Wu. Uh, they had John Collins there for a minute. Uh, I, I, you know, they, they brought Deontay Murray in to try to pair with, um, uh, Trey Young. So, um, but I think Trey, Trey's a good name. Trey, Trey's a, a good name. LaMelo Ball. Is LaMelo Ball, uh, you know, five first round picks? Do you, do you, do you not? No. Yeah. The, the, the hard part is that the Jazz have to go out, you know, these are named Deontay Murray, Trey, Trey Young, um, Mikel Bridges. Lamelo Ball. These are guys like right now, don't seem like they're worth it. The Jazz have to. I think the Jazz. If, if you if you're going to try to pair Larry with somebody in the next couple of years, you kind of have to take that risk. You know, you're going to be blowing most of your assets on this guy, um, or you can save it. You know, because if you if you don't blow, you know, you blow an asset on the guy that you hope to take the Larry Markin and jump to pair with Larry Markin and make your own Paul George Kawhi Leonard combo. And then, then you're then you're kind of cooking with gasoline, you know, because th- then you have two true one A one Bs, um, you know. Obviously, they're not Giannis or anything yet, but you know, Jokic won with Jamal Murray, who I believe is, uh, you know, a, a tier below the the Sabonis Randall tier. So, um, I think you know, if we like I said, you know, like we did math, right? If if Jokic is an A and Murray is a C. And marketing and whoever else's, you know, B pluses, does that equal the same thing, right? Um, you know, like the Embiid and, and Maxi, uh, you know, they're, they're doing it with uh, Doncic and, and, and Kyrie Irving. Um, can you pair, you know, somebody with Lowry? Um, you just, you have to go get somebody that's just off the, uh, uh, you know, outside the box, not, not the beaten, uh, off the beaten path, I believe is the, the, the saying there. Um, and you know, I don't know, I don't know who it is. Uh, but I think that's the way the Jazz have to do it. But I think a lot of Jazz fans are, 
are, so would you rather do what I just said there, you know, try to try to take a chance on somebody or just hold the assets and hope that somebody comes free or, or use the draft picks. Like what, you know, of those options there, um, uh, what sounds more appealing to you, Alma? I mean, as a fan, I want Utah to win as much as they possibly can. So whatever they can do, great. But is that in the cards for the organization? Probably not. Um, as far as what players are out there that I think I would go ahead and give that sort of compensation, I think Trey Young is really the only person that I'd be willing to take that type of risk on just because everyone else that's has been mentioned either hasn't done enough to prove themselves, in my opinion, to go ahead and take that kind of offer or they're too injury prone for me to take that type of risk in hopes that maybe they can go ahead and play 60 okay. games max in a so, season. So if it's not Trey Young and there's nobody else that you want to, I mean, the Jazz, look, they can either keep all the assets they have, keep trying to draft some, but, you know, like they're, they're going to miss out on the 2024 draft. Then they'll have a couple of picks in the, they'll have three picks in 2025. Um, I think it's a, unlikely that any of those picks will be a top four pick unless you know the jazz suck again i mean maybe something drastic happens to minnesota or cleveland um but general generally you know teams that don't have draft picks are not going to tank um you know that they're going to try hard throughout the whole year uh you're just you're hoping to get lucky with a high pick or you know you're just hoping to get lucky that you find Jalen williams um uh (laughs) where you find Jalen williams you know um, outside the top five. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, would, or, or, you know, this is what Danny H. kind of did in Boston. He held on to a whole bunch of assets, just kept trying to get, like, the Athlete Davises and just kept missing out. Uh, you you kind of wait and hope that Luka Doncic comes available? Because I, I think right now, like today, um, I think there's a very small percentage chance that that happens, that, like, Luka becomes available in the Jazz are able to make a competitive offer to get him to come to Utah um, and that he would be happy to do that. So uh, what what are your thoughts? Like, you know, do you want to try to keep the assets and hope for the really big fish or just try to use all the assets to draft um, more players? I, I think that Utah would probably just be, it would be their best option to see if they can hit in the draft. Um, just because if you have so many first round picks, because what are they at? Like 15, 16 right now, somewhere around there. Every year you're expecting or hoping for at least one to hit. And when you got three, four chances at it, the other picks don't seem as bad. I mean, you can even look at it for this year. Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, Bryce Sensabon. You got your nine pick and what, 28th pick sitting in the G League. They're looking good down there. And then you have your 16th pick who is actually able to go ahead and have good contribution to your bench rotation. So, I mean, as far as the Jazz are aware, like this should be seen as a success because they hit on at least one. 
uh, or feels like they hit on at least one. So I would continue to ride that train uh, just because right now with getting all of those more team-friendly contracts through the rookie deals, that allows you to go ahead and have more financial flexibility to where if that big fish does come available, you don't really have to change much. You're just adding one person and you have all that financial flexibility to go ahead and get them there. And you'll still go ahead and have the control of your assets. If you need to go ahead and move things around as well. Yeah. So I I think they should just write it out. Then I guess the unfortunate part is that it seems likely the jazz are not going to have a pick in 2024, which is fine. Well, whatever, right. That can I'm okay with Ama does not like the, the, the draft this year. Um, not one bit. I mean, I, I think if, if you're, if you're the way that you said it, like if you're okay, um, just trying to wait out draft picks, then I think in that situation, you try to trade Larry Markinen, get some more ass- draft assets. Um, you know, your team will be worse if you can keep the pick for three more years. Um, because it's gonna be a slow, you know. If if you're trying to build through the draft, it's gonna be a slow grind. Grind. Larry Markkinen hurts that ability, I think. Because um, then your pick will more likely be in the early teens versus being in the you know top four, uh, where a lot you know we we see a lot more players hit. Um, you know, there's a chance that if you were bad the next two three years, at least you get to keep that pick from the favors trade. You you would have one extra asset, one extra. Um, uh, bite at the apple. Um, yeah, and look, if that's the way the Jazz go, then that that's fine. Uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You just have to you know be more lenient to you know take two three more bad years of not just you know not not being mediocre by being below mediocre being below average. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Like this, is what the Thunder did. The Thunder had SGA. Uh, they were able to hold SJ off for a couple years, have you know some some pretty bad years in there, uh, but use those picks and and they found you know this big three, this core they have mainly through the draft plus keep their assets. That's not a good wrong way to go. I just think the Jazz need to commit a little more hard, a little harder to <laughs> you know making sure their own pick is good. So that's just my opinion, I guess. So. Um, but yeah, so Alma, uh, you know, like we were three days away from the we we had trade deadline bingo, um, uh, you know, we made some bingo cards go out there. Uh, I'm gonna look through Alma's closet, so if um, uh, anything that you guys want to wear, um, uh, we can we can send that out to you. Uh, Alma, Alma, what do you got going on at the hive over there? Um, so tomorrow, uh, Jazz have their game against Oklahoma City. Uh, as far as I'm aware, they're looking like they're going to be coming practically full strength. Um, so I think it's going to be another difficult one for Utah. Um, Utah is going to be wearing their city jerseys tomorrow. So fans of purple can be super happy about it. Um, and they're also going to go ahead and be celebrating their lunar new year. So I'll just kind of be talking about that a little bit. Um, May or may not have time to record highlighter highlights. Just kind of depends on how things go tomorrow. Um, today was a day of just absolute relaxa- uh, relaxation. Didn't have any work of any kind, and I haven't had that in 
he's, months. He's, he's got two jobs now. So, so. Uh, <laughs> that, and that's so good. Hey, I, good. I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and give myself a day. Work-life balance is important. So, um, still trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, Lunar New Year, yay me! Let go, let go Lunar New Year. I, I'm really hoping that Lunar New Year catches on. I haven't heard Chinese New Year as often, which is good. So. Um, Lunar New Year is a much more accurate and much more inclusive uh, term, everybody. So, uh, Lunar New Year, um, uh, big one. Uh, you know, happy birthday to Anne. She's coming into town, so um, uh, she'll not listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Um, Which, Wednesday? Yes. Yes, yeah. Wednesday. So, uh, folks, I'm a, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully, you know, next, hopefully this podcast continues after Thursday because um, uh, there's a good chance. Uh, if something doesn't happen, that I just might you know, destroy everything. So uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye.